0: We're excited to have you back on, man. Uh, this is uh, what third time this season, third I think four.
1: so. Third time's a charm, baby.
0: <laughs> nothing better than than knish for the playoffs, man. This is uh, nothing but the top shelf stuff, none of this house call stuff we're going we're going top shelf oh now, you're
1: yeah. right yeah, it's some top shelf whatever i got uh kind of johnny walker baby for for top got shelf. you got a little glass of that oh yeah, yeah, yeah sir yeah. I, got I got it, it out right.
2: little top uncle k shelf. christmas present here dude. let me
1: tell you so frank Connor, when i met him was drinking burnett so now he's you know i got him you know he's drinking <laughs> johnny walker on the rocks or something and it'll you find know, <laughs> rocks for his uh girl for girl there so you know <laughs> Listen, you meet Uncle K and things your life just starts to, you know, trend in a certain direction. So
0: not bad for someone underage, you know, he just turned twenty-one. <laughs> yeah. like, you know?
1: Eighteen
0: months ago, seventeen months ago? Oh not fuck not off. Oh man. I got shirts older than Connor. Yeah. <laughs> man. Uh yeah, so we gotta we gotta get into it here. Um I mean, we need to we need to get uh some Uncle K redemption here. We know we had some some fiery Kanish takes here in the preseason. Um, I'm not sure if we want to tackle your so Lions first. You know what? So first, let's we'll will we'll dial into it here. Um, your Lions are in the coach search game right now. What, what do you want them to do?
1: I mean the whole the whole hood wants uh, Robert Salah because he was born in Dearborn. Uh, out the, if you're familiar with. Uh, Detroit uh, geography. Dearborn, he's literally born like two miles from the stadium. Um, it is a big Middle Eastern community here. He's Middle Eastern, uh, the biggest Middle Eastern community like in the country. It's it's in the country,
0: country right? It's it's like like Dearborn, legitimately.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's kind of a, an at-home guy. Uh, I like him, too, as a candidate. Number the, the only thing would be, you know, we've gone the defensive coordinator, the, the, the rocket scientist, Matt Patricia, didn't exactly work <laughs> out, but I think Salah is actually a, a a legitimate candidate, um, you know, me intrigues me too. I think if if you didn't have a guy with such great local connects, um, he would be a very very intriguing candidate. I don't. I, I will tell you what. Uh, Stafford had some very ominous quotes during the season about asking them whether he wanted to be back in Detroit. Um, so I think we'll see what happens here. But it, it, if there's a quarterback available. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to say, you know, he's not a guy that's going to do like a get me the F out of here, Cam, you know, or Newton or any of that type of thing. It's just not built like that. But um, wouldn't surprise me to have him quietly request uh, to see if they'll shop him around. And now they've got a high pick. Maybe they start up with a young QB. I don't know. We'll see here. I would I would be happy with Sla. Um, you know, it depends who they get in the front office as well. But it was definitely time. Um, I'm glad that uh, – Martha Ford, who was like 130 years old, was, was running the team for the last few years. She finally gave it to her daughter, um, Sheila Hampford, who hopefully is uh, at least, you know, it, it, it was born in the 1900s, so that's a, that's a, that's a nice plus there. <laughs> we can have an ownership group that, uh, you know, knows where they are on a daily basis, Um so yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what they bring in, but I think Salah is the local favorite. Uh, but there's there's some good there's a lot of good candidates out there this year uh, that I like in the the realm. So we'll see what happens. But um, anything is better than than, than what we just uh, just brought out to put in the dump out of town. So
0: yeah, seems like Salah is that the shoe in. Just it seems to fit for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I think his parents still live in the region, in yeah. the area, and like he went to school there. And like there's just. Check so many boxes that make a ton of sense. So, right, you know, Kanish, I also want to give you the floor too. You were definitely out ahead of everyone as far as Josh Allen goes. You know, you were hammering <laughs> Josh Allen futures. You know, Bills
1: um, over 12 and a half wins, my biggest catch <laughs> this year. You know, hey, listen, a lot of doubters, a lot of haters. Kanish stays the man, and Silva stays a fan. So I'm glad that uh, you know. Listen, here's the bottom line: he can take it. You know, oh, I got all the off-season quotes. Eh, I'm gonna like these tweets. Bottom line: who made the money? Uncle K made the money. At the end of the day, who cashed in on it? This guy right here. So you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm glad he can have the bragging rights. I'll take the freaking the cheddar and the racks. So <laughs> that's yeah, right. no, that's, uh, yeah, I I I will say they're they're a little at the end of the season who was playing better football than the, on, on a serious note, like I, who's playing better football than the Buffalo Bills going into the playoffs right now? I'm not saying they can go into Kansas city and beat Patrick Mahomes, but as far as like who was playing the best football at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Indisputable
2: really.
1: It, right. I agree. I agree. It's just like, it's like no, who nobody wants to face now.
2: I mean, okay. So before we dive into the games, then I think that brings up a good question. Okay. So bills at KC, what's the line?
1: I still think it's uh at least a
2: field goal. Yeah, yeah, it's probably three and a half, four. I think it would I would guess. Three feeling too three. short, but like six is too much. Like yeah, yeah four much. and a half is kind of where it's oh. popping. I
0: think there's something to be said for the the how the bills or even Chiefs look getting into that spot.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, we I'm always sure. want to
0: you know be reactive, but I feel like four and a half is probably pretty fair. But if they you know the bills stumble and the Chiefs just run ramp it over whoever they play then I could see it getting up to maybe five and a half or six but still feels too high I mean that first game they matched up with it was such a weird one I, um, I don't know if that was Halloween or right before it or something like that it was just that messy rain game in Buffalo and I don't think yep. it's real not that we're guaranteed to have really nice weather in Kansas City in January but um you know maybe not a you know a monsoon
1: I will say I don't want to be that switch on switch off guy but I will say I think the Chiefs very much managed through the regular season. You saw in the second half of games a lot when they took leads, yep. they'd run the ball, they'd run, the, they weren't looking to just like blow teams off and every, they saved a lot in the play. So I, I will say they might be, you know, if you get them on uh you know, a, you know what, at, at home in a little bit of a discounted line here in some rounds after a team looks hot, um, I'll probably be looking to buy on them just as, as, people might be a touch low uh, after they've looked, you know, meh, coming down the stretch. Um, but I think some of that was was more so just um, kind of the way they manage the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, buy too heavily on that. The, the Chiefs are, are, you know, ready for an upset or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I agree on the switch thing. I mean, I don't think there are many teams that can get away with it, or if it, I don't even think it actually it really is something that most teams do. But it, I think there's enough – data there like we saw it early in the season with that ravens game right national tv they want to miss, make a statement against baltimore right and they just come out and kick the crap out of them and then we've had these other spots where they got out early against the saints and looked pretty good and just kind of held on but like they look strong so they kind of feel like one of those teams that we haven't really had many in the last few years that we can control that on and off so yeah we'll see it's gonna be fun to watch though there's gonna be some good matchups starting this week we get six games and which is just fantastic so before we dig in I uh, just want to let you know about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. If you guys have not dug in over there, definitely want to check them out. They have some awesome playoff best ball matchups with the Gauntlets, um, Mitten, depending on your buy-in levels. Those are filling up fast, so definitely head over there to Underdog um, after you make your first deposit. If you have not done so already, just enter four for four uh, in the uh, in the little box there. So, yeah, let's uh. Let's jump into it, man. Unless, Connor, you want to have any other, you know, Steelers stuff preseason? You want to get into anything else? Let's dig into the first game then. Um, All right, Indy at Buffalo. Buffalo's six-and-a-half-point favorites, 51 is the total. Um, Buffalo, congrats, man. You are uh, number two seed, first, uh, you know, but I guess best season in a while. They made the playoffs last year, and your reward is you get the first game on Saturday. Um, Here's your nice welcome back. Um, Yeah, they destroyed Miami last week in a game that maybe they didn't even need. Like Kanish was saying, like no one's really playing better ball. They've won six straight, nine of the last ten, basically averaging a 13-point margin of victory over that time, which is really impressive. On the other side, Colts basically limped in to the playoffs. They choked away a Week 16 game against Pittsburgh, which really would have locked things up for them. And then they really needed all four quarters last week against Jacksonville. That game, they got out early, but then couldn't really put the Jags away at home in a must-win spot, which is really unfortunate to see um glaring mismatch here with the bills passing offense and the fraudulent indie pasty that we've been talking about for months here so um connor get us started what do you like here
2: yeah so i mean a few things um initially so i i did take a player prop uh heinz naheem Hines over three and a half receptions uh we have projected for 4.6 in the spots um and uh, I mean, Colts are near touchdown underdogs, likely to face a decent amount of negative game script. Uh, I personally just envision this game as kind of a, as a Heinz game rather than Taylor game. And not to mention that, uh, you know, Jordan Wilkins was on the COVID list last week. And that's, I still haven't been able to find much information on that, but even then his, his role has been decreasing a bunch. So I'm not really, I don't really see him being too involved. And then I think that translates to an extra target or two for Hines. So we were looking at Hines probably with like five ish catches, um, that being said, I yeah, I think that the Colts defense is, is a little bit fraudulent. I mean, they're top 10 by most metrics, but they've allowed 27 or more points in seven games this season. And when they play good offenses, I mean, they're very susceptible to getting burned, like allowing 45 to the Titans, 32 to the Browns, 31 to the Packers. Like, those are all very good offenses, and they did not stop them. And I think that the Bills offense that is fully healthy, I think that's something that's key. Like, Stephon Diggs did not practice today. was downgraded. Um, that's something to pay attention to, but a fully healthy, healthy Bill's offense here. If John Brown plays, I like Bill's team total over 29. I like Buffalo six and a half. Uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at with this one. What do you got Kanisha? Any early action on this one? No, you know
1: what? Uh, yeah. I think Connor mentioned a couple of key things. There's normally, um, you would think of the, but you had the Cole Beasley injury. You've got the Stefan Diggs practice report. Um, so there's a couple of things as far as the Buffalo offense, um, that that I would be a bit concerned. I think you've seen it reactive uh, in the line here. This was kind of up around a touchdown, uh, open six and a half. Was there was a lot of sevens, um, and now there there's some you know sixes in the market uh, going across there. So, and I will say, every single teaser in the world is going to have the Buffalo Bills uh, <laughs> in a tease piece this weekend. So, um, but I, I would I would monitor that if for some reason i would say i i think it's probably just you know a maintenance day for digs and that but if he can't go um that, that that's that is a significant blow but i mean he's been so crucial to their offense that you know especially and then without beasley too um i would look towards you know it, it, again this is i think you'll see so much teaser liability that the, the, this can't dip below really six uh, if anything it goes back to 7 but it'll be a lot dependent on the injury report but I don't have much on this game. I haven't placed a side or total wager so far. Uh, I've got a, you know, a bunch of teasers out there. Some of them, them do include Buffalo. Um, as far as a side, uh, you know, I agree with uh, some of the things you said on the Colts, but it's really dependent for me on the Buffalo skill positions. Um, so hard to say at this point one of those. You, you just got to keep your eye on the injury report as it gets later in the week.
0: I can't imagine the Diggs thing is a real – like. I, I can't
2: imagine he doesn't go either. Yeah, he has to play. I mean – yeah, yeah. I, I
0: think maybe it's a maintenance thing. Like they, you know, they don't have a buy. They, I think they had an early buy in the season too. Like I don't know. We've seen it all year with guys like you know, Allen Robinson hasn't practiced on a Thursday and, and half the Fridays all season long. And there's just been guys that just are at that, sport, that spot where they're just getting maintenance days off. So the Cole Beasley one feels like he's actually legitimately questionable, unless there's even been news where he's ruled out like in the last hour or so. But he's he's one that I definitely would would be wanting to watch but uh john brown thing is different like i know that they've exceeded expectations early in the season we were concerned about really the ceiling of the bills passing game without john brown but they really didn't miss a beat when he was out for those couple of weeks but i do think that there is a secondary ceiling we saw it a little bit last week against miami who really their strength is in the corners and they just tore them apart so um and i feel like there's this Miami, that Miami defense is better than this, this Coles team. who, they you know, their strength is up front, but like Buffalo, we've seen them just sometimes scheme 90% pass and like, Hey, we're not even going to mess around with DeForest Buckner. We're not even going to mess around with these backs. We'll scheme them throws in, you know, the short and, and outside, but like, we're just going to chuck. And I think they're set up to do so well here, assuming Diggs is good to go. So the um, Buffalo all season really struggled against the run. They've been better of late. I don't think they've allowed a hundred yards on the ground since week 10. Uh, Matt Milano has a lot to do with that, but uh, it could be interesting to see. I know some, I haven't been able to find one, but like they're going to lean, especially early in the, on, on Taylor. I think a Taylor, like longest rush prop would be interesting hmm. to get a piece of that. Like you can see him breaking one, um, you know, maybe I think his yardage props just a little too high, but like, I feel like he has solidified himself regardless of the Wilkins stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're even really messing with Heinz carries too much anymore. I think that's a good way to kind of hedge and get a little bit of a, a piece there. You can see him breaking off something in the twenty to thirty range, but uh, not having to get to that prop number two. So I'm with you. I mean, there's so much liability as a teaser. Everyone in their brother is going to be teasing, <laughs> teasing this one down to get it down to a pick. So yeah, you I mentioned
1: I just, Taylor. We, uh, I, you know what? I was playing some uh, some of them, Connors over got the DK pulled up. They got the wild card weekend specials. We took some most rushing yards on Taylor 10 to one. Uh, okay. We get down to seven there, but that was one of the guy, you know, Henry's yeah. such heavy chalk that we thought there was a couple uh, of value plays on there. And that was one of them uh, was a Taylor 10 to one. So places usually copy this once it gets out. So if you see some 10 to one out there, that was one of, uh, uh, you know, the plays that we liked as far as, you know, a potential, especially for game script wise, if Colts get out front, I think you could see, you know, it would be one of those where it just depends on how the game goes, right? You know, oh, yeah. if they're far behind, that's dead in the water. If they're out front, the you know, he's got the chance to get 25, 30 carries. Um, whereas, you know, you hard to envision anybody else um, outside of Henry uh, listed there, you know, had the chance to get that much run. But if the game script goes right, he's got it. If it doesn't, it's out the window. But at, at 10 to 1, even at 7, I still think it's worth a sprinkle there for most rush yards.
0: It's almost like a hedge to the game too. Right, It's still still live even if Buffalo does what Buffalo, you know, we think Buffalo can do here. It's still live, but it very much is a hedge to your point that if things go sideways a little bit, it's going to be through Taylor. It's not going to be Phil Rivers on the road in January (laughs) in Buffalo. Like it just isn't. So. You know, and we know that like the home field advantage has been basically negligent this year, but you're going to have what 7,000 very well lathered Bills fans right. Yeah, just a bit to get into that stadium. 7,000
1: with 30 Milwaukee's best each in a way, you know, going through that gate. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, that, that might be the equivalent of like the noise of 30,000 people yeah. with that, the Bills fans. Uh, so, no, that'll be, uh, I'm excited to. Uh, to see a little bit of that, uh, how much noise they, that they can make there for the, the mafia crew.
0: It's going to be fun. So that should be a good one. Good way to start the uh, the weekend. Uh, next, this one should be fun, but I just, is a weird game at this point, Rams and Seahawks, uh, obviously third time meeting the season, Seattle down to three in most spots kind of been, you know, three and a half. Most of the weekends seeing a total, At 42, I mean, we were banging Seahawks team totals anytime that they were under 30 for about a month and a half. Uh, And now we have a 42. um, Both their regular season matchups went under this total. And um, their last matchup last year also went under this total. And, you know, historically, Sean McVay has had Seattle's number a little bit. But, um, you know, the big news here is obviously Goff. I don't know. We talked about it last week, Connor. I don't really know that, like, Goff is better than than Wolford? I mean, that's how bad that we are with with Goff at this point. Like he is so average. I think he was like 22nd in, you know, composite EPA per play this year. Like just he's a bottom third quarterback at this point. If things aren't really perfect for him. Clean pocket, you know, timing on his receivers, good game script, all those situations things can go sideways really quickly. And Seattle really after, you know, getting a little bit of let Russ cook stuff going and there's MVP talk and they're really just, they're leaning on this really pass heavy offense, just reverted back into the shell that we've seen over the last few years offensively. And it's put them into a spot where they're just three point favorites possibly against John Wolford uh, at home, which is just insane to me in a total that's only 42. So just a kind of an interesting one. There's a lot of like Seattle's defense has been better of late and It's been, Cole McCoy, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, and Nick Mullins. So, um, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, you know, so I would say tell you of the of the six games. Uh, some of the people that that Uncle K knows that that bet real uh, the real cheddar. Um, the only game that they wagered on earlier in the week. A couple of groups I know and a couple of people that that bet big uh, bet for a living. Uh, Rams five four and a half four. Uh, was, was their play. I think most people were in at, at four and a half. Um but I think you saw last week that the, the different you know, the golf to Walford was you know, you saw the initial move. Um, but on Sunday, the biggest sharp play on Sunday was Rams getting down. They ended up closing, you know, short favorite some place. So <laughs> What is, you know, if you look at on, on a neutral, what's the difference between Walford and golf to, you know, to the point spread, uh, especially with the way he played with the added mobility. Is, is it a point? Is it a half point? Is it, you know, I, I you know, theorized, you know, earlier this week at maximum two, but probably more like one um, if that. So um, I, and now that, you know, Rams would have been, um, I was able to grab a little piece of that, uh, but it, it move pretty quickly pretty big uh, now I see you know mostly juice threes out there for the Seahawks um I would still lean the Rams at you know there's some three and a half minus 115 out there um that would be you know of the, the Saturday game if I'm you know picking a side right now at current lines that'd be the only one I'd feel comfortable playing um just as far as the side's concerned uh the total has come down now where I know one of my you know total guy was looking to play back over at 41 um I see some forty-one and a half, even in a few spots popping. Um, I know, you know, we, this series has been under, under, under. Um, but, but at forty-one for me, that that that's that's just too low. So, if I see a forty-one, I'll play. I'll make a small play on over. Uh, for right now, I bought some Rams. I was able to grab four. There's some three and a half out there. I think it's okay to three.
0: Yeah, you make some good points. I feel like if this was, if we just talked about the last game we just did, if Josh Allen was questionable, the game's probably right. not even on the board. Right. Right. Exactly, and, and it if, shows it, if like, he doesn't play, it's like pick. Correct.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so it just kind of shows where you know golf kind of is at this point, which is just kind of wild. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Wolf- like I got in on the Wolford overs last week. You know, I, I feel like jamming his rushing prop again this week because if he <laughs> if he plays, because it'll probably still be too low. Like, right. and it, there's multiple things the that play there. hurts.
1: You know, the first couple uh, Jalen Hurts starts where. Yeah. Sure. They they just couldn't set the line high enough. Like you you know, it started in the 30s, and it's in the 40s, and it's in the 50s. So you know, I agree
0: with it. It's the same premise too of hurts. So it's literally like you know, an inexperienced quarterback who probably is has one read, and if the one read isn't there, he's gonna go to what he is comfortable doing, which is gonna be scramble, make plays. And you know, Walford was doing he did that in a big way early. I feel like he he hit his rushing prop last week with like six minutes to go in the first quarter. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that he's a massive, massive loss for the team, which is strange. So uh, Connor, what are your leans here? I know there's uh, some stuff on the board that you like.
2: Yeah, no, I actually, I agree with most of what you guys are saying. I don't have too much on this game. So like, even in the prop market here, like if you go to the receivers um, the biggest issue is that um, like, obviously Jalen Ramsey is going to, you know, probably lock up Metcalf again. Um, we're seeing his prop come in to right around 60 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I mean, that seems like really light, but given the matchup, like, you know, it's really tough to feel confident betting that over. Our projections have him at 76. So I'd probably lean over, but again, I think that this is just not the best spot for him. So I don't think there's a reason to like wager money on that. Um, he had, I think he had 66 in one matchup and then like 20 in the other. Um, so it's, you know, 50 50. And, uh, this is, you know, this is the playoffs now. This is, this is big time. So, um, in terms of the game, yeah, I'd probably, I think that the Rams are live for sure, but i don't know am i am i interested in betting that like at this point probably not um and i guess the only other interesting thing potentially would be um like a wild card special here um like maybe even cam acres like 14 to 1 potentially to lead the week in like rushing i don't know i think that acres received bell cow treatment um since basically um you know like later in the season and so if that I think that if the scenario of the Rams playing well, like plays out, I think that at 14 to one, it's not a terrible bet. The issue is that there's, I think that there's like a multiple good looks and in, in this wild card special that we're seeing here because acres of 14 to one, we'll touch on it later, but like Ronald Jones, a 14 to one is okay, even though it's a bad matchup, like, and Dobbins and Taylor, like you said, I think are both also live. So I think there's, a there are multiple people that are, you know, capable of rushing for close to a hundred yards in this one. And, um you know I think he's one of them so I don't know I, I would say that I'm probably just going to stay off this game to be honest because I, I just we've seen two low scoring games and at this point I'm not confident it's gonna be high scoring I would agree with Kanisha 40 and a half 41 that's it's probably a little too low
0: yeah it just feels like what we've seen especially both clubs I mean the Rams have had games where they've just hung some crooked numbers up and, and have been really good I don't know if that's happening with the John Wolford team but we'll we'll find out for sure um We got a uh, a comment here, Uh, Connor. I'm sure you see this here. We need, uh, we have a question from the audience, but via text message. Wants to know uh, to ask Uncle K how he feels about his integrity having resorted to fake news to cover for his outright domination at the hands of of Silva so I'm um, it's coming sure. from Silva. he wants to know <laughs> about your fake news
1: uh I'm not sure who sent that um but <laughs> I'll reserve uh, a no comment for the moment as um you know I know Silva didn't want to step up and you know that throw any you know where you don't try I asked him I said hey you want to go I was giving him his Steelers this weekend and uh <laughs> You know, he didn't, he was a little, you know, say so was a little scared to go up, you know, with a little Uncle K here. So, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. So listen, uh, hey, hey listen, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, some of his, uh, his offseason takes here, but, but now it's the playoffs. It, it, it's the big boy time. And so I see, I, you know, Silva's taking a back seat. So that's okay. That's okay. You know, and the small fantasy slate. So now the real better's got to come in here, uh, during the playoffs.
0: He also wants to know how your 14-hour barista shift went
1: today. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, yeah, I should have got a, a late-night coffee and uh, to troll him with there. So, no, that's uh, our little back-and-forth uh, barista joke. Tell him, uh, you know, next time in Chicago, I can't wait to go to a hot dog stand and uh, get one uh, cooked up from there on the corner.
0: So. Oh, that's good. Love it. Oh, All right, uh, let's go to the Saturday nightcap. We have the seven and nine Washington football team, twenty-two and one in the preseason to win this division, playing host to Thomas Edward Brady. Well, how much were they the football team, baby? Who you? Who do you know that hit a football team future? <laughs> you have a football team future? <laughs> you, you know, what, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you look at. You?
1: Yeah, let me tell you something. The football thing we still got a hundred to one NFC Live. So, you know, I'm I'm in uh, you know, the Redskin rubbing up Alex Smith's calf here. So so he doesn't look like he's eighty years old running around back there this week, hopefully, but
0: hasn't been much running by him a lot uh of late for sure. There
1: hasn't been much throwing either on Sunday. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure if Nate's my, my my man Nate Selffeld doesn't come in to rescue there that uh they're losing that game. If they if the Eagles score that fourth down or Sudfield doesn't come in, they're they're gonna lose that game. So that oh, was yeah. uh that was it was quite a performance there from the football team.
0: We were feeling good. We had those we were holding Hertz unders yeah, uh, so we, yeah. That, that, was that was a nice out. one. That worked out pretty well. But, yeah, I'm interested to get uh, your take here. I mean, I feel like the Bucks have basically the widest range of outcomes of any team in the playoffs, right? I mean, I feel like they – so they're nine-point favorites this week. I feel like we could all probably make a path for them losing outright here. And they've also been absolutely cruising of late. Um, you know, Breeze in particular has looked really strong. I mean, he threw 40 touchdown passes this year for all the – you know, he's dusty and dead. It um, was pretty damn good. And uh, you know their matchup next week if they move forward and you know the seeds kind of stay where they are they're playing Green Bay a team that they already curb stopped this year in a massive massive weight right so we could see them losing this week and I could easily see them representing the NFC in the Super Bowl so nothing really would shock me with Tampa um, but Connor what are your thoughts here in this uh, this matchup? <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, I mean, much of the, much of the same here. I So the line actually opened at Tampa Bay minus seven. And at that point I would probably be on Tampa Bay. Uh, I know that uh, uncle K has, has plenty of action on that. Um, and went pretty hard on on the minus seven. And I, I agree. I think at a touchdown that that's very viable at, at eight, I'm a little bit less excited. Um, and so for me personally, so I actually took a pretty big play on, uh, Tom Brady under 302 and a half passing yards over at points bet. Uh, and that's now down to like 292, which I would still take. Actually, I'd probably take it down to 290. Um, the football team has allowed just two, two, 300 yard passers this season. Um, fourth and rolling defensive EPA since week nine, six in pressure rate on the season. I mean, something that could neutralize Brady, I think. And then, I mean, Brady, on the other hand, he's gone over this number in seven to 16 games. But um, like given the defensive matchup, I don't really see this being his spot to really exploit them. And like our projections, we're looking at him having 283 passing yards. So I think well under that number. And um, for me, I just, I don't really see this being a, like a shootout, just like the game script in general. I don't really see how both sides score. Like I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game where Washington's getting pressure. And the other hand, Tampa Bay is one of the best teams getting pressure as well. And like you said, you know, old man Smith, he, he's not going to do shit under pressure. And the matchup in the running game is tough. You know, sometimes they've been able to. Um, yeah, I think that probably for me at this point, lean under, lean Brady under. Um, But our projections do like Ronald Jones overs um, at the over under right now, looking at 56 and a half on his uh, player prop for the rushing yards. Um, But our projections have him closer to like 76. Uh, and I think that that's a little bit rich. But at the same time, I could I mean, I could definitely see a path to that happening here. Yeah, if they're smart enough, I mean, to be honest, like,
0: it's not even a pro Ronald Jones thing. It's just Leonard Fournette has looked so bad. And even given the opportunity he had, I think it was the Atlanta game. Like he doesn't done anything with it. Um, Stone hands as a receiver, which was kind of been his role. Like we know that we joke about Ronald Jones, not being able to catch a cold, but like Fournette is just as bad as a receiver. So um, yeah, I, I see the path to it. I mean, here's the thing with Washington though. Like they're going to legit, maybe run a timeshare, a quarterback in a, in a playoff game. Like, what do you got, Knish?
1: No, this was one – so uh, there was a rogue six-and-a-half that first opened in Vegas, um, and we – I was you know, crack texting people <laughs> to get as much down as, as we could on that, that six-and-a-half. Um, and then seven was more widely available real early, got down on that. Bet at the under 47. So this is by far the most leveraged uh, I'm on as far as any game. Um, I don't know – and I, this was – I don't know how you play – like if Alex Smith – he gives you like a quarter or a first half of what he looked like last week. I don't know how you don't go to, to Dine. And I know Taylor is by no means, uh, you know, a great player. Or anything, but you saw, you know, today's practice, Antonio Gibson was on the bike. Terry McLaurin's on the bike. Um, neither of those guys are going to be. I think both of them will probably try and play. Neither of them are going to be 100%. Um, Smith, again, was a DNP. I, I, was really, I thought with the time off, that he would come back and they were kind of just resting him and, and you know, he would come back and kind of be basically hundred percent. He looked awful last Saturday night. I mean, I could not, he literally could not. And you're talking about, so he's not an explosive passer. He's not a guy with, you know, a huge arm that's going to hit. And they don't really have with, especially with McLaurin dinged up, um, you know, explosive players. You take away the running element, which has always been, uh, you know, a kind of a staple of his game uh, to be able to extend drives. You know, am like Vic, but he's always been, you know, rather, even up in his, you know, mid 30s, a, a more mobile quarterback. Um, and, and then they can't run the ball for shit at all. So I, I don't know. I mean, how do they move the ball? Like last week, they had a couple of early drives and then it was nothing. It was nothing. The Eagles figured out that he was a statue. They started blitzing him um, and they couldn't score points the rest of the game. So I, uh, I would say Tampa probably takes a similar pathway. Um, the only thing you got, as far as a Bucks fan is, you know, you had the Mike Evans. It looked bad. It looked a lot worse than what it ended up being. I still uh, – the PFA or Dr. Chow or whatever it says he <laughs> thinks, you know, he would be a coin flip, said he'd be more likely for next weekend than this weekend. Um, but, uh, the, you know, the Evans thing could be. But I will say – even though they, they stuck with the lunatic that Antonio Brown has actually been playing better football uh, <laughs> here uh, down the seed down the stretch of the season. So he's kind of a more viable wide receiver too now um, one that we play with. And that was a really bad line at DK and on, on the weekend specials was they had Godwin 18 to one uh, to lead the the pager and receiving yards for wild card weekend. Um, and they didn't list Antonio Brown. So it only grades off of guys that are listed. Um, so that was one that I, I thought was just frankly like, bad bad um especially now granted if evans plays it's not as but um kind of it would surprise me if evans was you know anything more than a decoy over the weekend but overall yeah i'm low i I don't know i think this is one that i'll that i i wouldn't if you want to play the skins i would wait till sunday because i think you're gonna see nothing but bucks money and teaser money keep coming in um Unlike the Bills, who who have you know a couple of key injuries, which you know the sharps could buy up to six and a half, the six if if you know a couple of the you know like digs is legitimately a chance not to play. This I, I see no way that you know this gets back down to a seven. So if you want to bet Washington, just hold off. Uh, if you want to get you know a Bucks season or something, I would do that. You know, at, uh, at if there's some seven and a half, eight around, I would do that in now because I, I think this is more you know nine and a half, ten come Sunday kickoff.
0: Yeah, no, good call. I think he highlighted all the key points. Like McLaurin and Gibson are really the engine at this point. Like, you know, when they kind of found their groove there late in the season, it was really on the back of those guys. It was really going to Gibson finally and turning to him and making him their feature back. And it was, you know, finding ways to make sure they manufacture touches for McLaurin. If they're both not 100%, it's a whole lot of J.D. McKissick and, you know, Logan Thomas. Um, actually, I, I hit both of their props. They were both pretty low. Like Logan Thomas receptions is three and a half. You know, he'll be featured. He's been featured a lot over the last month. McKissick is always involved. He's like 30% target share. And Alex Smith starts, sets up well game script wise too. Um, You're paying, actually you can get plus money on him at four and a half. Uh, I think we have him a little bit closer to five and a half in our um, our projection. So not a huge edge there, but I think just game script wise, I think that sets up pretty well. So, and again, he's just not like, he's not mobile. Like Kanish said, like this is a guy that has been able to, not only extend plays, but create plays off of his legs. I think he has two rushing yards all season. Like he just is not a willing rusher at all. And we talk about Washington's strength being the front four. Like it kind of is the same for the Bucs. Like they really get pressure with, you know, their front seven is is pretty elite. And I think they can really wreak havoc here. So I don't know that they're going to hang like a crazy number. Like they have points wise of late, but I feel like this is a nice spot for them to really take care of business and, they got a lot of momentum going into to Green Bay. That could be a very, very interesting one next week. So if you
1: um, watch, if you're Todd Bowles and you watch game tape last week, I, I would. I don't know how you don't bring you know five, six, seven rushers uh, on almost every down because yeah. I, I they they can't it can't hurt you. You, you. They can't make explosive plays. Smith can't move. Um, and you saw you, you just saw the second half of that Eagles game where it was it was three and out, one first down and out. They can't. They, there's nothing they can really do on offense. Um, it, it, to hurt you at all right now so um yeah i think this will be you know one of those games where it's like you know 21-3 or something 17-3 going down then you know maybe you're sweating a backdoor tv here but um i don't know how the football team outside of some turnovers or special teams plays uh is is in any kind of chance to win this game unless smith is much much better this week or healthier or heineke comes in and saves the day
2: I mean, that, that leads me to like, uh, I think a Washington Washington's team total at DK right now is 17 and a half. Um, I mean, that seems a little rich, all things considered. Um, so like getting the under there could be, could be nice, especially getting the hook on, on the side. as you get the hook, yeah. 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 Getting Agreed. the hook there, I think is important. Um, there are some interesting props too. So we were talking about, uh, Alex Smith getting pulled. So he, they're actually posting, uh, 215 yards passing over at points bet right now on a wash or on Alex Smith prop. I think that's something that if we hear more like, um, yeah. you know, like over the drum beat, kind of like what we saw with Hertz and what we saw with Josh Allen of like, Hey, like this is Heineken actually my play. Like, um, I think that that's worth maybe even points betting the under kind of like we did for both of those. Um, because I mean, the upside's really not that high, you know, like maybe he burns you for like 30, 40 X on like, you know, something like that. But the, you know, the upside of you winning is like, you know, maxing 200 win on, on a points bet there. Um, and him just like coming in, throwing for 50 yards and getting benched. So, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting as well. Um, so we have a we had a, a listener question here so talking about like Godwin on the board at uh bet online and penny, like what's a good number to take us over at? So right now we're seeing him at sixty eight and a half on points bet, seventy at uh seventy and a half over at FanDuel. I'm not sure what the numbers are, bet on and penny, but um I think that that is really dependent on Evans, you know. So like if Evans is out, uh, I think you can you should feel comfortable taking those over. But um I think that those kind of like take into account like Evans not playing, it almost seems like um, because those, those are fairly high. Our projections right now have them at 66 and a half. Um, and I think that's that's about fair. I mean, God, uh, Godwin's pretty volatile when there's like three mouths to feed. It's it's kind of a lot for especially a passing offense that we don't see doing a ton, or at least I personally don't in this game. Here's what we'll say about
0: Brady's uh, with pff right? So, um, it never fails to get in an extra Brady, uh, I see. You're you
2: wearing a tv 12 shirt, by the way.
0: <laughs> this is a tv 12 sweatshirt, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, TB12 oh, sweatshirt. Um, only quarterback in the league who is uh, top five in average depth of target and top five in fastest um, release. Right, so he gets the ball out quick. Um, they have a decent offensive line, but he's mitigated that all year. I think he's faced the third lowest rate of pressure on the season, and because he knows that. He can't extend plays. He's not going to take a hit. And he knows that he has some some questions up front, right? So Ali Moppert's been dealing with injuries all season. They've had some questions. You know, the rookie's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. So they look to, you know, they scheme the ball out fast anyway. And I think that just kind of mitigates a little bit of the path to Washington's success here. So I uh, feel pretty good about uh, where Uncle K is leveraged here. I think he's going to be okay to play another day here. Um, a lot of money <laughs> left over for Sunday. Um, as
2: long as the Lions are involved, I think that Uncle K is going to be okay.
1: There we go. As long as they give me to Sunday, and then we can bet some, you know, salat to be the Lions coach props.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle K can't eat t- TB twelve too much. That's a Michigan boy, right? I mean, uh, he's look, for a couple look, of years,
1: you know, we're both in great shape. You know, both take uh, you know fitness very seriously. So yeah, no, I you know we got a lot of a lot in common. So uh, yeah, Michigan guy, and uh, I'll be rooting for him. <laughs>
0: You don't eat nightshades. You know, I know (laughs) you're trying to make sure you you watch what you're doing. All right. This one's going to probably be the best game of the weekend. Uh, Baltimore at Tennessee. Baltimore, three and a half point favorites on the road. 54 and a half is the total in most spots. Obviously, we know these two clubs very familiar with each other. Uh, Last season, the Titans were 9-7, rolled into Baltimore, and uh, knocked off the Ravens 28-12. to And then they met in week 11 this season. And overtime, you know, that big Derrick Henry touchdown run uh, with a 30 to 24 Titans win. Despite that, even though this game now is in Tennessee, we're seeing the Ravens, who probably have the best case outside of that Bills conversation we had earlier, as far as maybe who's playing the best football right now heading into playoff weekend. Baltimore's really been, you know, laying it on people. They've been running for about 270 yards a game, uh, running at about like six and a half yards per carry, really just dominating and really the big jump is Lamar as a passer if you look at Lamar and his EPA per drop back over the first uh, nine weeks of the season he was negative he was like almost flat but over the last six weeks he has been he's third in the league he has been um, his completion percentage over expectation is like six yards better than it was early in the season he's really made some strides we know this Tennessee defense is just atrocious and getting lit up so could be a good spot for the passing game for the Ravens. But, Kinesh, what are your leans on this one going into it?
1: You know, I know there was a little bit of sure play early uh, on the Ravens. It's kind of, you know, trickled back right now. It's kind of been sitting in, you know, the juice three, some places uh, three and a half range. Um, I I, Again, I lean on Baltimore here. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I've been waiting to see kind of where this – you know, we'll end up, I know some people that kind of like, uh, want a little bit of uh, Titans tease up at, at home and that with it. I, I just, you know, the Ravens, they've kind of put it together. They've got things rolling on the defense, It's just this Tennessee defense. Um, you're just really relying, um, on, on a unit that, that that's just been absolutely trash here to end the season. Um, and, and you've kind of been waiting for, you know, this Baltimore team all season. And now is this a team that, you know, got in that, that I want to look to fade, um, no, if anything, so it'd either be a Ravens money line or a Ravens money line in that type of piece. Um, I will say I monitor on the weather a little bit, and just knowing that both teams really like to, the total was about right for me at fifty four. Um, if I see it tick up a little bit, um, I it might be a plug your nose under at some point. I, I'm going to let it marinate, but overall, um, you know, the line seems okay for me right now, where it's that side in total. I'll be looking to see. Uh, potentially on you know a late under Sunday. Uh, and if anything it'd be a Ravens money line look for me.
0: All right, Connor. I, I don't have any action insider total yet. Although no, I took a small piece of 54 over, but I kind of get what Kanish is saying. Like, you know, I don't know that I'd start chasing it over 54. Feels a little rich, but I have three props that I'm interested in. I mean talked about how I like the Ravens passing him a little bit. Hollywood at three and a half receptions. Um I know we're way above that in our projections. He's been a little bit more of a piece of that passing game as of late. Same thing with Mark Andrews. Um, I think that his prop number for receptions is a little low. And my favorite play on the board is Ryan Tannehill over 16 and a half rushing yards. He had seven rushing attempts last week, 38. He's got 38, 55 and 21 in his last three. Um, he just, you see it too. I think I think I saw something from Barnwell about quarterbacks in the playoffs running a little bit more frequently too. So I, you know, I feel pretty good about that number being hung a little low. Feels a little light, but uh, what do you have played here so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that just makes sense just because quarterbacks are more willing to like put their body on the line for a playoff game. I think that just like naturally makes sense in the game of football that they're just, they're willing to expose themselves a little bit more. Um, the Andrews one I love, I, I did it as an official play in, in the four for four, uh, like slack. I mean, after starting like slower this year, Andrews has five or more receptions in, in six of the, in, in six of the Ravens seven last, last seven games. He has five or more targets in 11 to 14 games this season. I mean, the game projects to be back and forth. I think, you know, if the weather ends up being bad, like Kanish says, I think, you know, maybe we we buy out of it here. But um, I mean, the, the totals at fifty four and a half, and he had five ninety six one in their in their week eleven meeting here. So I think that um, I think that this is in play at over four and a half, even with a little bit of juice here. Uh, the Tannehill one's interesting. I kind of like that too. I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I, I saw that. Um, I did see though that he had rushing success against them last time, and that Tannehill randomly has it. It's just like seems really sporadic so i'm definitely gonna dive into that more but i do like that one a lot as well um i think i think you guys covered most of it playing really well offensively baltimore sixth in epa since week nine tennessee third in epa since week nine uh and you know the tennessee defense has really been struggling so i would probably lean towards a higher scoring game um and i think the, the key here is henry like dk floated a prop at 120 yards which is just outrageous for any other back besides henry um but uh i mean here's where we're at and so we haven't projected for 104 but in the two games against baltimore you know this year he had he had uh 28 for 133 or 28 carries on for 133 yards we and last year 30 for 195 in the playoffs i i don't know if maybe if you enjoy not watching football you could take 300, <laughs> but i'm not doing that
0: yeah i mean that, that's another like they knew last year that he was going to be the reason, he was going to be the answer, and couldn't. Sometimes you just can't stop that dude. Like, you know, it's it's really hard to to understand. He kind of is in the prop market is really a different, totally different beast. Like, yeah, you can make a ton of money points betting him, but you could you know lose your house points That's betting tough. him too pretty quickly yeah. because uh, yeah, the the range of outcomes seems pretty large. Yeah, I like the Tannehill thing. Like the thing that I liked about it was I liked the seven attempts last week in a game that really they had positive game scripts. He just, uh, you know, he has the legs and the ability to do it. 16 and a half is also really nice because that can be, that can be two, two attempts even. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not going to take him too much to get there. Some of these times he scrambles in situations where guys are playing man. They're, they have their back turned and they're running. You know, it's easy for him to just get out to the sideline, grab eight or nine on the first down and, and call it a day. You only need that to happen a couple of times. So I like that one quite a bit. I like the condition lean two on the under because these are really the two heaviest rush teams too. So you get a situation where they're running very heavily and not having the big plays from Lamar and Henry. And all of a sudden this game is melting away and it's halftime. You're like, what happened? And it's, it's 10, seven, you know, that sure. uh, that can make a lot of sense.
2: I mean, that's why I'm scared of taking any reception over because there's a chance like if Baltimore's winning, Lamar throws the ball like five times and a half.
0: Yeah. That hasn't so. been happening of late, even in games no. where they've been crushing. So that's a little bit, um, I feel like a little bit reassuring. So All right, next, Bears on the road against the Saints. Saints have moved to 10-point favorites in most spots. 47.5 is the total. Opportunity to bet against Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs is not something that I take lightly. We've been hoping that we were presented with this gift, and uh, it is here. I know the status of Alvin Kamara, who was in question after testing positive last week for COVID, and then Michael Thomas, who missed the last few games with a high ankle sprain. Definitely going to go a long way in determining confidence. I feel like the path to both these guys playing seems to be there right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been trying to short the Bears all season. You know, the Bears have found their way as an 8-8 team in the playoffs. You know, they'd be sitting at home on the couch if they were in the AFC, for sure, and really have beat up on the worst defenses in the league, which we've harped on at length. Literally the three worst defenses over the last month, Houston, Detroit, and Jacksonville, who are – 30th, 31st, and 32nd in defensive DVOA, defensive efficiency metrics. So in a spot where I feel like the Bears are going to be able, not able to run the football because David Montgomery has been solid of late, it's really going to fall on Mitch, and that's not really a place I think the Bears want to be. Kanish, what do you think?
1: No, I agree with you. I, I, I can't believe this and Bears team made the playoffs. Um, uh, it's really the, – the issue is – So the the only play I've made so far in this game is an under-48 there's still a 47 and a half out there. Uh, one of my guys, the sports G like this one at, at 48 um, and, and got it on it early. Um, I, so some, most spots are down to a flat 47, but I'd still, if you can still find a 47 and a half, I'd still play it. Um, I, I, as you said, basically lined up, um, you know, against the peasants defenses in this league and, you know, be able to make Trubisky look good. Now they're going up against one of the better defenses uh, in the NFL. And this, this, Saints offense with Breeze at the helm. Um, you know, I, I Mike Thomas, by all indications, should be back this week. Um, but still the team I still think the Bears, you know, can place I, I just I cannot get to ten here. Um and oh my god, I don't know why i swear if this hits eleven, um I, I might have to do it. Uh, I just opened it up. It, you know, there was some seven and a half, eight. It, you know, a climb to nine. Now it's mostly mostly sitting at ten. If uh, there was some ten and a halfs out there for a minute, those, those look to be fleeting um, or very very juiced. Um, so hopefully it it doesn't go up, so I don't have to make a play on this game. But um, if it, I, I I just cannot get to this number, especially in a game where I like the under. Um, and so if I see an eleven, I'll probably play the Bears. Um, if not, if you jumped on the saints early, nice job. Or you got everybody or their mother put it, you know, in a teaser early in that one, wherever they could or a money line. So yeah. I, I just don't see a pathway here, um, for the bears to win, but the line's just a touch too
0: high for me. Yeah. No, it makes sense. What are, what are your thoughts, Connor?
2: Yeah. I mean, so for, I'm for last week's show, right. You know, we were very, very wrong about Miami, but we were very, very right about shorting the bears and playing the Packers at least, you know, I, it got to the point where, I mean, the Packers were all the way down to minus four. It
0: made no sense.
2: Yeah. I, so I point I points about them at that point. I was just like, you know what? They, they won by 19. Nice, like 15X win. I was just like, I, I, this is just embarrassing that the Packers are only laying four points against the Bears team, which is like very, very bad. Now, at this point, though, I, I, I think that this is, I think this is about right. Honestly, 10 points. I mean, I could very easily see the Saints winning by 10, even though they're a far superior team. Um, I, there's been a lot of talk of like, you know, the bears essentially winning outright in some of these, sorry, my dog is going nuts here. Um, and I, I just don't see it. Like I know that a lot of people talk about this in like playoff contests and other like fantasy things. I think that's just like, I think it's silly. Like the the bears win here and you know, the city of Chicago is going to get burned down, you know, by, by all the (laughs) rioters, it it is going to be wild. Um, so yeah i don't foresee it happening at all i i lean i lean towards the saints at anything under 10 if you find under 10 probably tease it um i'm interested in some michael thomas props i think he's going to play i do think that he is an interesting like contrarian playing some other contests and i'm interested to see what his numbers come out at because um like a healthy michael thomas i think can do some damage with breeze back but i I don't know we're going to see they might not even post them until like right before game time
0: if Chicago beats New Orleans here, they're gonna sign Mitch to an extension <laughs> before the
2: Green Bay game next week. Like is- Joe Ostrowski will have like a legitimate coronary on 670 the oh, score yeah. and like pass out. You know, it'll it'll be over. And his Twitter mentions will just be he'll be worse <laughs> than was, you know, with the Bills yeah, It's so good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get I get the premise around you know, key numbers like ten and where finishes if it's getting up to eleven. Um I get it, but I still would have a hard time, you know, sitting here with a large chunk of change and watching MVP Mitch drop back and, you know, needing to keep this one close. It just is just uh It's just a tough pill to swallow. They're not going to be able to run really well, I don't think at all. You know, their offensive line isn't great, and is one thing that the Saints are on really all season, other than that Philadelphia game. You know, that was a third road game in a row, and then they had, you know, the one big play from Sanders, and then they had their first game from – Jalen hurts and he was running all over the place. Otherwise teams just don't really run with a whole lot of success against the saints uh, all season. So um, I have questions about breeze too, but I don't feel like the bears corners even are a challenge, you know, they're dealing with injuries as well. So uh, they don't get a lot of pressure. You know, they saints don't allow a lot of pressure. Like there's just not a lot that makes me feel like I, I get the path to the bears keeping it close other than it just being, feeling like uh, 11s too high, you know? So, it would probably be a stay away from me if I got in on the early teaser money line action. Um, so I agree with Kanish. Like, I, I wouldn't chase it at this point. And I don't see it going the other way. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like if it's going to get steamed, I feel like it's only going to continue to get steamed up with pu- right. public money on a Sunday morning. Like, that's right. why you might be dealt with yeah. but We up. thought the
2: same thing last week, though, too, where the Packers just kept getting – or the Bears kept know. getting steamed towards them. Like, who the fuck was betting on the Bears? I don't know. Like – just it didn't make any sense to me. Maybe Kanish looked down like he just but he was betting on the Bears. Were you betting on the Bears last week? <laughs> no,
1: no, I, 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 I like some. I, I never actually ended up firing on the Packers, but I was looking Sunday morning. I was like, man. By game time, when that was sitting around four and a half, I was like, man, man. That was, but no, I should have fucking. I should have jumped out. You didn't fucking DM me and let me know that you're jumping in on the Bear. Of course, you know you're yeah, yeah. there. you didn't yeah, you your buddy fade the Bears, but no, Uncle Gato's getting get any love. But no, that was, uh, was a nice play there. For yeah, uh,
2: well, I mean, after the Dolphins let up, fucking fifty-six points to the Bills, <laughs> and you know, I was like, I was like, not exactly as confident in my in my sides and stuff after that. So. <laughs> All right, the
0: last one has a uh, another rematch, the, you know, third time in the division this is obviously a repeat of what we saw last week in a way with Cleveland on the road against the Steelers. With all the Steelers or all the Browns news, it was moved to Steelers minus six, another total at 47 and a half. Classic Browns here find their way to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, and they don't even get their head coach, Um, who's a real difference (laughs) maker with his team, too. I mean, Stefanski, I think, is a legit guy that moves the needle here. And uh, yeah, COVID, he'll be out. And uh, yeah, they snuck out with a two-point win last week against the Steelers in their B team. And now we've obviously seen some steam with this news. So, Kanish, what are your thoughts here?
1: My thoughts are the Steelers team sucks and they're the luckiest piece <laughs> of shit in the freaking NFL. They played like the the pancake schedule the first half of the year. They started playing real teams. They started losing. They did lose um, granted, they had, like they lost two of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, yeah. off a of defense that that, you know, obviously was was, you know, gonna be an absolutely elite unit that, that's had some fall off now because, uh, they lost Evan Bush and Bud Dupree, but Big Ben has just looked like Juju Smith Schuster too. Like, th- both of those guys have been so average, um, throughout the year where you say Deontay Johnson's been really their, their best receiver and even Claypool stepping up. Um, but this was a game that I was excited. I bet some Browns early. I was excited to take the Browns. I thought the Browns were live. I thought they were going to smash the Steelers fraud team. And then, of course, Stefanski gets COVID. A couple other players get COVID. Now, you know, half the oh, the staff's not going to be there. So, oh god, I will say, um, it's it's around six right? If it gets to seven, I'm going to bet some more Browns. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, the Steelers are not a better. Touchdown team than the Browns. I don't care that it's a fancy. I don't care if Stefanski's daughter has to come in and you know coach. The Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers team is not a touchdown better than the Browns on what. You know, Equate's to basically a neutral field, so um, I still think. I, again, if I had to play this, I'd still play uh, a Browns with six. Again, I the, the, get, get the COVID and all that, and and it's not a great scenario. But there's no way you can play the Steelers at this line anymore. Uh, and if anything, I'll hope some you know some more money comes in on Sunday, and I'll take the Browns uh, again at a touchdown. So that's the only way to look. If you grab some Steelers when the news broke. Um, you got, obviously you knew it was going to move up. You knew it was going to go there. Uh, yeah, I know this was opened three and a half, four. Um, and then when the news hit, it shot up to six. So, uh, but th- there's no, absolutely no way I can lay it with the Steelers here uh, at this point.
2: Yeah. I don't know what, what just happened in noon in there, but we'll just keep going here. But okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go out and, uh, I'm going to disagree with you here. I think that, um, you know what? Since day one, actually week one this season, yeah. I have been all on board the fucking Steelers. I took them to win the division at like I think it was like plus three hundred, which is just like a wild mispricing. Um, and now at this point,
1: right. should have been eight hundred. <laughs> I think,
2: I think honestly, at this point, um, if. Um, if you want some like big free action on like 6, I would I would I would uh bet you know, Steelers.
1: You big free on so like you want to go head to head
2: with the Yeah, I would be interested in it. I, I think well, I know there are some 5 and a halfs out there, but I would take 6. So for me, I think that the Steelers actually like, roll. So if you look at how they like the two games they played this season, the Steelers in their first meeting just demolished them. It was like 38 to 7. The next game they tried on Mason Rudolph a quarterback who's like probably I don't even know probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL if he did start and they only lost by two points and they could have ended up winning or even gone to OT if they converted their two-point conversion. I mean, big Ben took a week off too. If you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Big Ben is old as shit. They had their buy in like week four and they were prepping like they were playing a game. So they wasn't even a real buy. Yeah. And then they played like, you know, six more games and it, he fell off the cliff. Like he looked like shit. And then, but he still showed against the Colts that when he took the play calling in his own hands, he figured it out from there. Oh, noon's back. And then, you know, we like from there, like Big Ben showed that he still had some arm strength left. A nice week off. I think that in this spot, with all the COVID stuff that's going on with the Browns, they haven't been practicing. Like they've been practicing virtually getting ready for this game. For me, I think the Steelers roll. I will take some big free action, Kanish, if you're into it. Otherwise, I'll just grab some five and a half right now. It looks like I'm FanDuel. Um, and then I also played Chase Claypool over 15 and a half receiving yards. Um, and I also played Chase Claypool at seventy-five to one to to lead the playoffs in receiving yards. Um, uh, I put a little bit of action on that just because I think that they win this game. Then the next week they would probably play the Bills from my from my estimate, which will probably be like three to four point underdogs. And I think that's a winnable game uh, at that point. Um, if they win there, and you're getting three games out of Claypool in um, potential back and forth games and good matchups, I think that that's a just like a great play at 75 to one. Uh, I'm not saying bet the mortgage on it, but you know, maybe throw a 10 or 20 on it and, and maybe able to make some, some money there. But Claypool over 15 and a half receiving yards this week. He's seen his routes run percentage rise. The coaches were concerned about him hitting the rookie wall, which I don't really even know what that means, but it kind of like coincided with his routes run increase over the past few weeks. Since then he has 54 or more 50 or more yards in each of the last three weeks and has 7,401 receiving yards against the Browns in the two games this year. So um, probably my biggest plays.
0: Yeah, I like the Claypool thing too. I just wanted to sweat my you know, first-round uh, tournament of champions finishing up here, so I had to dip out for a second. So <laughs> glad you guys are able to hold down the fort for me. Oh, my God. PGA's <laughs> back, so uh, definitely wanted to see how things are going there. Yeah, uh, um, so I guess, Connor, you're all over the Steelers. Do we get any side action here, or just uh... – we're no, Kanish
2: is a little scared. He okay. wants to wait for the seven.
1: Give me uh, till Sunday and then we'll work something out. All right.
2: That's Sunday, fine. I'm in.
1: Either way, I'm taking, right. I'm taking the Browns. We're just going to wait to see here. I'll make sure, you know, Uncle Khan doesn't, uh, you know, try to pull fast when I finish here when the, the hit seven because, uh, you know, all the Steeler idiots here think this team is, like, legit. I.
2: I'll be flying a terrible towel, and you know maybe I'll drive up to, <laughs> drive up to the eight mile over there, and you know uh, you know put one over in your front doorstep, you know and, uh, uh, after they win. But uh, we'll tweet this out. We'll figure something out. Maybe maybe we can get some action. I'm down.
0: There could be a path though, condition. if you're liking Cleveland, where you know it feels like Nick Chubb maybe gets into that action as maybe an interesting guy. And we we're talking about the Jonathan Taylor ten to one stuff early on around you know leading the wild card weekend and rushing like. The path to Cleveland's success here feels like it's a combination of play action, passing, and Chubb himself. So any interest in there? What are, what are those numbers at? No, yeah, for sure.
1: Plays, I, I wanted, didn't even want it because I think it, we it got like triple popped, uh, but okay. I think it was earlier 10-1 to 1 for most rushing yards this weekend in the specials. I think now it's cut in half to five. I wouldn't play five, um, yeah. but, yeah, 10 was uh, – basically you're, you're fading Derrick Henry there with the, how juiced Henry is. Uh, right. So for me, uh, anybody else that's going to get, you know, a decent amount of carries has value, especially game script. If, you know, uh, Tennessee falls behind a Baltimore, which is very realistic, then, you know, you could see Panhill basically having to pass all second half. So, no, I like that. I would shop around on that one, though. Um, I, I think if you want to go offshore, there's some better prices now than uh, on Chubb than there is at, at DK. But, yeah, that was uh, a look. And, you know, maybe uh, especially if, if – game script uh, can play out there, uh, you know, I'll probably be on some chub overs in some fashion.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. Connor, you laid out the the rookie wall. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chase Claypool stuff perfectly. I think he's way too short this weekend. I think they've just taken the median of, you know, previous month or so's games here. And I think there's definitely opportunity to buy into that one. So awesome. That wraps us up, guys. Uh, anything else for the folks? Uh, Uncle K? I don't, you know what, I don't have, I
1: wish I had, uh, a little, you know, I was looking at, you know, future buy action this week, um, mm-hmm. uh, of getting in on some, uh, you know, but I, I really, I kept the futures folio, um, you know, pretty light as far as, as, far as so you guys any got anything as far as, um, like, you know, conference or future? I, I got a, you know, a sprinkle on the, a football team win the (laughs) nfc um but outside of that my my futures folio is pretty light you guys got anything live for uh super bowl or conference
0: i didn't i stayed pretty light especially with all covid stuff in the future uh future market early in the season but uh just some just the team totals they didn't have any conference any playoff super bowl stuff connor do you have anything live
2: no, but now I think I'm like inclined to take some like Steelers action, maybe just uh, to spite Uncle K. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got
1: here? Steelers at Deke, ten to one to win the AFC, and uh, eighteen to one to win the Super Bowl.
2: Oh, actually, actually, that's a lie. I do have some twenty-five to one Steelers to win the Super Bowl action from before the season, um, which maybe I should should cash out if I can.
1: I mean, it's after this week, you know, they're going to you know, I mean, you'll you'll at least you know have it till uh, 11 p.m. Sunday. And, uh, <laughs> Mayfield plants the flag. <laughs>
0: oh man, <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it. So everyone, find Kanish, if you haven't already at Joey Kinish 22 on Twitter. Find Connor there as well at Connor Allen NFL. And uh, yeah, on top of obviously doing the stream, we'll continue doing these uh, you know podcast forums to we'll be on Twitch and YouTube all the way to the Super Bowl. So looking to have a uh, nice profitable playoff run to uh, to end our regular season so for knish and connor i'm ryan we'll see you next time